Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. All right, it is the April 29th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is your Friday edition as we sit at day two of the NFL draft. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are officially on the clock. Uh, and they will kick off the second round here in a bit. I'm Chris, and with me always is John. Hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, you can help us out by subscribing and sharing the show with your sports-loving friends and family. And also, if you're sick of supporting folks like ESPN, these big corporate sports monoliths, uh, you can uh, head on over to umyasports.com, which is uh, a place for you to go each and every day for the latest sports news and information. And we curate all that great content from the corners of the internet. We hit local sites um, where the teams are actually located, try to bring you the best perspective uh, that we can about the most important storylines happening out there in the uh, in the world of sports. And we do all of that free of charge and and free from ads. So head on over there. We'd love to see you on the site. All right. With that out of the way, let's jump right into today's episode and uh, a big episode uh, it is for uh, a Friday edition. So, John, quite a bit to hit today. So I think that uh, we should waste no time. Indeed. And we should jump straight into it. Um, let's start with uh, with the, the draft. Um, yesterday was pretty exciting to watch. It was a very defensive, heavy draft, I would say. Um, and uh, and uh, Kenny Pickett's... Uh, <laughs> Yes. Uh, fiance was unhappy for a good deal of the uh, <laughs> a good deal of the evening. It, it, it looked like uh, to me she got very <laughs> excited when he got drafted by yes. the Pittsburgh Steelers. However, and looks like he will be the heir apparent to uh, to Big Ben up there in Pittsburgh. But uh, let's uh, let's get some of your impressions. What did you think of this draft? Yeah, I expected more quarterbacks to go. Um, honestly, I thought when I looked at you know the draft choice of Seattle. Uh, picking an offensive lineman, my first thought was that's good. You know, it's always good to address the offensive line because that has been the issue with Seattle from, I mean, for a very long time. Well, yeah, Russell was constantly <laughs> yes. advocating so for, went, for offensive line. Somehow players. they were never drafted for him. Now he's gone. They're drafting offensive linemen. So <laughs> that's right. Now that's they, nice. Now that they don't have the quarterback, let's get a nice line so that we can protect. Whoever that's going to be, Gino, you know, Gino or Smith like or something back there. Uh, don't protect your franchise quarterback or anything. But and then you look at the draft, the second round. They got two. Uh, second round draft choices really early like I think it's within the top 10 of the second round picks so they get and one of those was from Denver so they've got options and and at first I was like I don't know about going off as a line first I thought they were going to address uh, the quarterback issue go throughout the first round only one quarterback gets selected and that's Kenny Pickett and he goes don't forget where they found Russell right, Wilson though. very Third late round. so I'm I yep. think now since they've got earlier round uh, of this or earlier picks in the second round, I feel like they can redeem that pick by picking up one of these leftover quarterbacks because there's plenty still out there, and I believe they should be going after one of them. I don't think they should be dragging their feet. They have an early enough pick that they should not trade pack back at all. And if they don't, I think they're going to make a lot of Seattle fans happy because then they can add a good quarterback into that mix and then get a nice Q, or a QB comp- competition going in Seattle. So I think that could redeem that beginning pick. Obviously, I do think it's not the worst pick I saw. <clears throat> Last night, um, but it's it's up there. But the worst pick I saw last night, um, and I, I mentioned this on my Twitter page, it, it was 
was the Texans pick of both going defensive. And my problem with it is it isn't the fact that this team needs help offensively and defensively. That's kind of a given. But I also feel like they should have invested into wide receivers, a quarterback, a running back, an offensive line, something to kind of redeem this team that's just in shambles. They lost their quarterback. They've lost their wide receivers. They've lost defensive pieces over the last few years, and everyone's migrated from this team and had success elsewhere. So I feel like addressing pieces, I think the second pick of a defensive end or a defensive lineman, that was a good pick. I respect that pick. But a cornerback like they drafted who fell off a little bit last season. There's a lot of question marks about his actual gameplay and his skill at this point. just doesn't make sense to me. I think there was way more opportunities for them to pick up a good wide receiver that could have kind of improved this team that desperately needed, especially with a guy that they have a quarterback who's a second-year guy, and we don't know who he's really going to be in the long run and if he's someone that they can rely on. Um, And so not surrounding him with weapons or pieces like that and just doing defensively does not seem like the smartest move to me. And obviously, I don't think they're going to go defensively. I don't I don't think that's going to be their game plan, but I feel like it's just not the right move, in my opinion. I think the second one was better. Offensively, would have been a better option for their first pick. Um, and honestly, I don't know if that's going to change or if that's going to fix itself, if they're going to do anything with the second and third rounds, if they're going to go offensively there. I sure hope they will. Um, I don't think they're going to go quarterback. I doubt it because they've already invested into a draft choice for quarterback. But so many positions around this Texans team needs help. I don't think defense should be top priority because you do not win football games with defense. You seal football games with defense. You win football games with a good offense. So honestly, I think that's probably (laughs) that third round pick was probably my least favorite of the night. But I think the team, I think there's multiple teams that um, made deals. And we'll get to the breaking news, big draft uh, or big trades that happened. But I think one of the teams that really improved themselves is the Lions. Um, I think their draft choices. Yeah, I saw you tweet that uh, that you think they're going to be a problem. I think they're going to be a problem. And I think, and I've mentioned this multiple, multiple times throughout this podcast, if you've been listening through for the last few months. And I said that I think this, this Lions team are Super Bowl cont- or not Super Bowl contenders, sorry, playoff contenders within the next couple of years and Super Bowl contenders over the next couple of years as well. Now, I believe because of who they picked up and because of what they did and the fact that the Jaguars took a different defensive end than Aiden Hutcherson has blessed this Lions team to the point where I believe they could take over. I think they're that good. I believe we saw a little taste of what they're able to do last uh, last season, and I believe that's now going to be amplified. I think they've invested in the right pieces. Um, I think they're just going to be able to continue to have a lot of success in the National Football League, especially with the different pieces that they added. One of them was Aiden Hutcherson. The other one was uh, James uh, Jamison Williams, who was the Alabama wide receiver, who was an absolute stud. I feel like I say that about all Alabama wide receivers because they've done a great job recruiting. Yeah. But, I mean, if he's able to go off the ACL and, or surgery and have success in the NFL – I think they've surrounded themselves with a great offense. Running back, wide receiver, Jared Goff is a quarterback that has his ups and has his downs, but I believe he could, you know, man the ship, be the captain of the ship, and lead him in the right direction. I think Dan Campbell did a great job. I think his energy and his passion for the team is something that's going to lead them to a lot of victories next season. And now their defense has a leader and a great pass rusher on it. And now I believe they are a team that you look at and you say to yourself, this team is not the same old line team that we saw for, for uh, like a decade at this point. They're now a type of team that you can look at and you're starting to respect. So I think they did a lot to add to their 
to their team and make them better. The other team, I thought, did a little bit to improve themselves. And obviously, there's not that many holes defensively for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I do like their, their pickup of defensive players and adding skill to those positions. I don't know. I mean, I think they could have added some uh, wide receivers or something like that. But then again, a lot of the wide receivers were going early. Some of the best ones are going really early in the rounds. They weren't going to just trade up and do that. So I think that I think the defensive picks were a smart decision and a smart move by them. And I think that's going to be really helpful. I feel like Kansas City over the last few drafts, like two, the last two to three uh, drafts, have been just kind of relaxed, just kind of picking up players to boost a team that's already really good. However, they are going to have to address the issue or the elephant in the room and the fact that Tyree Kill and some of these wide receivers have left the team and they're going to have to fill up those spots. It just depends on who they think is the best decision to do so. Um, but I think if you really look at it, like you mentioned, this is a very defensive heavy draft. A lot of teams were going in that direction. So in a lot of ways, that's kind of how we were seeing things. We really didn't see all the same I mean, I thought there'd be a lot more quarterbacks being drafted, but we really didn't get to see that. It was mostly just wide receivers and then just defensive people. But the other team that invested in wide receiver was the Saints. And I believe that pickup was also a really good pickup in the fact that they need that extra guy. They need that 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 pivot piece because Michael Thomas has been really inconsistent at being able to stay on the football field due to injuries. So now you bring a guy like, like um, they got in the draft from, I think he was a, uh, a Buckeye. Um, and so you bring him in and you get, allow him to kind of play on your offense. I believe he's a vertical threat that could definitely make some plays for you. So I'm excited to see exactly what he could also do. And then the other team that I thought did really well um, was the Jets. I like their two defensive pickup or their def- or their defense pickup. I believe it was, I believe it was two and then a wide receiver that they picked up a new cornerback. That's awesome. They all need that. And they need to kind of renovate this team in the secondary. They tried to go get Debo Samuel. Apparently. Yeah, I was going to get to yeah. They they offered their tenth, I believe their tenth and their fifth pick to um to the or I thought I saw her the I know it's the tenth, but I think I also heard the fifth pick to the uh to the Forty ers in exchange for Debo Samuel. And the 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 um the Forty ers said no, we aren't going to do that. The Lions apparently also offered them something, and we don't know exactly what that is, but and they said no to both of those things. So now you look at it, and you know they are at the situation where now they go and they and they get. Uh, a cornerback and they get a new wide receiver and they get gadget guys that now can dominate. And I think they also renovated their team in a good way. And then we also talked about, could this be the draft where um, there'd be no wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, or anything like that draft in the top 10. And I said, no, I believe some of these teams desperately need wide receivers and they're not going to let that slide. And the Falcons uh, said, we do need wide receiver. And they invested their top 10 pick in a wide receiver to renovate and kind of help the situation where they I remember tweeting about that last night as well when they made that decision because it's a good piece that could fill up the holes that Julio Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage all left so personally I think those are all the things that really kind of captivated and and I also think the Tennessee Titans did a good job but that gets into a little bit of the deals that happened um, yesterday Um, but I think the Tennessee Titans also were one of those teams you look at and they say they also made some really good splashy plays as well due to the fact that they traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Surprise. I mean, because Mike Vrabel said he wasn't going to be going anywhere while he's head coach. And now we know whenever a coach says <clears throat> that someone's not going to be going anywhere, that's just code for just give it time. He's going somewhere. Um, and then they picked up Burks uh, out of Arkansas. Um, and I think that's a really good pickup because I believe he – He's an A.J. Brown 2.0. I believe he fits a lot of the same 
uh, position, or he he plays very similar to the way A.J. Brown plays. He's just a little bit tall, a little bit bigger wide receiver, and I believe he can have a lot of success. So I think him and um, Robert Woods together on that Tennessee Titans team is just going to make some really good plays. I believe they filled up the the, uh, the holes that left by Julio Jones for them and A.J. Brown both leaving. Um, to go to a different, or where AJ Brown went to a different team. I don't know where Julio's at right now, but now they added these two guys, so I think they're going to really renovate. And the other last spot that happened last night, because it was a wild draft, was um, Hollywood Brown or Marquise Brown going to the Cardinals, um, and the Cardinals trading the first round pick for that. Uh, I, I think I have a couple of problems with this pick, but I mean this trade, and a large part I think it's a problem just because I don't think Marquise Brown is going to get what he wants in this Arizona team. I don't think the Arizona team is the type of team that is going to go far in the playoffs for years to come until Kyler Murray is no longer the quarterback. I believe they are just at a standstill. They hit their ceiling. They're not going to be able to get any go higher just based off the way they're playing right now because Kyler Murray has so much progressing left to do, but everyone's hailing him as the hero of the story for Arizona Cardinals and the player they exactly need. But Running around in the backfield, back and forth, back and forth, is not going to work for long because these pass rushers can get home quick. They're getting lighter. They're getting faster. They're they're getting their their moves to get get through offensive linemen are just getting quicker and faster. It's just everything about them is just the defensive guys are just getting they're just they're becoming smarter and they're getting more ways to just outsmart the offensive linemen. Where running around back and forth back there isn't going to work for long. It's about pocket passing quarterbacks that can run as a secondary option. Those are the ones that succeed. And Kyler Murray's that type of guy he needs to be looking for these guys aj green hopkins um now brown all these guys need to be looked for they need to be found they're not going to just be it's not gonna be just running back 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 and forth back there and then all of a sudden you can just launch a ball up and they'll magically kind of come down with the pass now sometimes that will happen and sometimes we'll see that flashy play and everyone be like wow but personally i think this trade isn't going to fit the exact mold that he really wants to. And I think it could end up being one of the more disappointing trades that we see. Um, and I think staying with the Ravens, he said doesn't fit the, um, or the scheme doesn't fit his playing style the way he really wanted to. But I believe that connection between Lamar Jackson and him was growing and it was going to turn into something great if they just kind of kept it going. So in the long run, I think that could be one of the more disappointing trades of the draft or around the draft. So that's kind of all the high points and low points that I saw from the first round, but really exciting through and through. All right. So uh, just saw something that uh, the Buccaneers are, are uh, entertaining trade. I saw uh, that, yes. Trade potential for that for that first pick in the second round also uh some expectation out there that the second round will we will see a bunch of quarterbacks go it's going to be like i feel a like run the seahawks are going to be in in the front because they are in the front part of that and i think they need to go quarterback because yeah. they're gonna lose the opportunity yeah they'll probably kick that whole thing that whole thing off all right well um let's keep uh let's keep on rolling and uh, we'll catch the rest of the draft this weekend talk more about that uh, next week, uh, once that is all yes. concluded, and we have a sense for uh, the rookie, the rookie <laughs> class coming into the uh, 22-23 season. All right, let's uh, let's jump over to the uh, NBA for a few minutes and talk about some of the highlights uh, or lowlights in the uh, NBA draft or <laughs> NBA draft, the NBA playoffs, um, depending on uh, whether or not. Uh, you care about certain teams. So the Jazz were eliminated uh, in a, a pretty uh, sad fashion in that game uh, last night uh, with that missed shot that looked pretty darn open. It's just a testament to the fact how 
I mean, I've been saying from the beginning of the series, this team is struggling with shooting no matter where they are on the court. They just can't seem to get anything to drop, and that's really just happened, and that's a reason why they lost this series. Because when I first looked at it, from the outside looking at this series, the Jazz and the Mavericks, I was going to pick the Jazz. And then I started watching some of the film, and it did, took me to watch two games, and then I realized this Jazz team is not the same Jazz team that we saw last year. Um, it's it's going to have to be blown apart. They want to build around Devo- Donovan Mitchell, but pieces are going to have to be moved. Things are going to have to change because this is not going to be able to work out for the long run. They're passing. You really don't see it as much as you used to. Um, I think Gobert, it, I don't, his playing style I don't think fits. I think Whiteside does a much better job as a as a center or as a big for the Utah Jazz than Rudy Gobert does. I feel like Rudy, Rudy needs to be gone from the Jazz. I don't think he fits that mold. I feel like he was missing a lot of shots. I feel like he was not playing the greatest defense. I feel like he's just he's a menace in there, but... I don't know. He might be the big friendly giant kind of thing because I think people were scared to go in the paint, but if you go in there, you can get him to draw fouls or you can get and you can get plays. But Whiteside was consistently rejecting and blocking shots and making plays. So I feel like he, throughout this series, I feel like he did a better job there. But yeah, like you said, that, that ending shot, I feel like just kind of capped and it really made you understand exactly why they were losing. And I mean, there's a stat that I saw. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, the, yeah, here it is. The Jazz missed 78 of their last 103-point attempts during that during that playoff stretch. So, I mean, that means they made, like, what, tw- uh, let's see, that's like 22 22 made threes, 12 made threes, something like that. Um, and so I think it's one of those things that, yeah, 22 uh, made threes the entire time at the last 100 that they've shot up. So they've got to fix this up, but something has to be done. Something has to be done to resolve this issue. They just can't pretend for much longer. Yes, you could keep Donovan Mitchell, but I believe Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert is going to be on the move. And if I had to guess, it would probably be Rudy. I think he'd probably be on the move. But in all honesty, maybe it will be Donovan Mitchell, and then they're going to have to go and kind of – find that extra guy for him but one of the two is gonna be on the movie he's been hearing these rumors from the very beginning and i think that end of the series is going to force the jazz's hands a little bit and force them to do and move some of these pieces even if they really don't want to and there's plenty of suitors for both of these guys and they can get plenty of pieces in exchange but like he's mentioned it was a really disappointing series for him um but they were able to you know get a few wins but it was just kind of delaying the inevitable there so yeah like you mentioned i think it was I think there was so much potential for the Jazz to do better if they were able to kind of carry on the same legacy. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, tonight we have the uh, Memphis Grizzly, Grizzlies. Not There's not just many. one. There's many of them taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, right now the series is in, what, Memphis' yeah, favor 3-2. to two. If they win tonight... It's over. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think if you look at it, I feel like it's ever, the chips are falling in Memphis's favor. I don't think, I think this Memphis. I don't think they. I don't think they lose this game. I think at this point, it's been back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now the momentum is on the Memphis Grizzlies side. They've been pulling off some tough wins. They've been pulling them out of the bag. They've been coming back from deficits that are huge and end up winning against this team. They get the the both these teams have been in foul trouble, so they need to watch out for that. But John Morant. 
has really just taken this team and he's done a lot to keep him in the games and make plays. And I believe he can go at this team and he can end up winning the game. I believe it's going to be a really tight game. I think both the teams are going to really want it. I believe it's going to be really hard to pull it out. But personally, I don't think this goes all the way to seven games. I just don't see it happening. I think this Memphis team is just hungry for the win. I think they're going to outplay a young um, young Timberwolves team and I believe they're going to probably pull out the victory. That's just my... Uh, that's just my opinion about it. I, I mean, I've been watching this series back and forth, back and forth. Go, 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 go. And at this point, I feel like both teams have given it, given it, or give their all to this to this series. Both have put their best effort out, and I believe this Memphis team just feels like they have that extra bit of juice left in their tank to the point where they could pull out a tough, tough series and end up winning and move on to the second round. Um, I've mentioned it since the beginning. I think they're going to be the winner of this series, and I think that's it. That's just how it's going to go. All right. Very interesting. Okay. So it is Friday. And so that means uh, trivia, trivia question. I'm doing pretty good these days. Yes. So uh, I think I've got a bit of a, a winning streak going on these trivia questions. I think I've, I think I've hit the last three in a row. You have. So this one, uh, we all know that Georgia beat the record for the most defensive players picked in the first round of the draft right. with five. Okay. Five. Now who and which co- uh, college has the second most? Okay. And the options are okay. Because you love options here. I do. Miami, okay. Notre Dame, or Alabama. Oh boy. Um, who? Uh, hmm. Uh, do we know how many players? Yeah. So we we do, but I can't tell you because then you could know. <laughs> okay. I don't think I would know, but based on that. Okay. So my choices are Miami, Miami, Notre Dame, or Notre Alabama. Dame, or Alabama. My gosh. All of them have had so many first-round draft picks. Oh, and it's got to be on defense. It's defense. Defense. Think defensively. Think defensively. That makes me want to pick... Uh, I'm going to pick Miami. That's my answer, so... You're correct. I'm correct. In 2004, they had four picked. All right. The obvious, I was going to go, you know, I think Alabama. You thought, yeah, there. I thought you were going to go Alabama. But, I, but. but there, I was just, you know, you had, what year was it? It was in 2004. They had four picked. Okay. Well, awesome. Congratulations. Go Canes. All right. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. Listeners, thank you for listening. We appreciate uh, you listening along. Please do share us with your friends and family. Please do subscribe to the podcast. We will catch you on Monday after the draft. Yes. Look forward to it. We'll see you. God bless.